Welcome to episode two of The Believeland Pod. We are brought to you by House of Hoodies. Give them a follow on Twitter at HOHoodies or check them, on, check them out online at thehouseofhoodies.com. Use our code BELIEVE for 15% off your order. I am your host, Jared. I am joined by Char and JB once again. We will take a look into the current topics with the Cleveland Browns and give you our picks for this week. Go Browns. All right, so we'll hop right into it. Cleveland traveled to Denver to play the 2-6 and six Broncos and came up short 24-19. to 19. For once, they actually won the turnover battle and they had less penalties and the time of possession was in favor of the Browns by quite a bit. The game was really ours for the taking and let it slip through our hands. Um, so we'll go to JB. What is your takeaway from the trip to Denver and the disappointing loss? I got to say this is one of the more disappointing feelings that I've had all year in this team. Uh, I came in expecting them to take advantage of a quarterback who hasn't played all year or in his career, um, and we just got shelled uh, all the way around. Um, we talked so much about how if we improved the penalties and turnovers with this team that uh, all the things would just fall into place and we'd start playing well, but we did that. Uh, we won the turnover battle and the penalties. Um, still didn't come out on top, so that's... Uh, Leaves a lot to be desired there. Also, uh, our trips to the red zone as an offense, you got to come away with seven. You can't go down there and kick field goals and expect to win the game. Um, and defensively, we just gave up big chunk of uh, big chunk after big chunk. Uh, seemed like every time Denver had a first down there, picking up six, seven yards, and you just can't do that and win football games. Definitely extremely disappointing. I know all three of us expected a blowout in the Browns' favor. And they just could not score the ball. Like you said, JB, they could not score touchdowns. And that's extremely disappointing. It's good to see Austin knock in some field goals since we know it's been an issue in the past, but still disappointing. Um, Char, do you have takeaways from this game as well? My takeaway, they have the bones of a good performance there with their, but the red zone, they just need to capitalize more and really need to call better in those situations. We can't be ending up with four field goals. I know Denver has a good defense, but I mean, that's just, that's an acceptable level of red zone conversion. So we've each talked about the red zone. We had five trips to the red zone. Don't believe Denver had any. They just had huge play after huge play. Um, but after our five trips to the red zone, we had one touchdown. That's a huge stat, but I think an even bigger one is Odell Beckham Jr. had zero targets in the red zone. I'm not sure why we're not going to Odell. He showed two times in this game how phenomenal he is. And why would we get him and just never use him? I don't understand what's going on with that. Um, on top of that, as we said, Denver with the big plays, they had five plays that equaled a total of 190 yards. Um, Char, what do you think about that, Just them just gashing our defense? That is embarrassing. When we have a quarterback who hasn't even had a career start in his fourth year and was playing behind Flacco, who wasn't good to begin with, in one of the least dynamic offenses doing that against Cleveland's D, very bad look. JB, what do you think? Yeah, I listened to Morgan Burnett's interview today, and he uh, was talking about how they felt like they were prepared for this game. Uh, I have to disagree with that. I think part of being prepared is putting yourself out there in position to make plays when you need to, and they didn't do that. But he did go on to talk about how uh, – you know, they are focusing more on the small things and the technique going forward, which I think is a good idea because they just 
looked like they didn't want to be there. Um, out of position, missing tackles that they should make. It was just an ugly defensive game, and uh, there's nothing to do now but pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and move on. I think it is absolutely embarrassing how many tackles our defense misses. Um, I've never seen that in the NFL. It is embarrassing. And like you said, we do have to pick up and move on. Like Freddie says, every week now it seems like it starts this week, and I just hope for once it does start because we have got to start winning if we're going to make those playoffs. Um, I'm going to go back, though. We're talking about Odell. And I think Cleatgate, is what I'm going to call it, is absolutely the stupidest thing I've ever heard. People really think that's the reason we lost and we weren't prepared. It's because Odell wore some cleats with the Joker's face on it, or uh, Juice Landry wore some gold cleats. No, that is ridiculous. That has nothing to do with the game. You guys are just looking for stuff to force and to get on Freddie about. Um, Char, do you have any takeaways about what I'm going to call Cleatgate? Cleatgate? I think... I think it should be encouraged. Like, you see it happen in the NBA all the time. These guys can accessorize, and it can be, like, part of their brands. It's because Adam Silver isn't, um, I don't know what to say about Goodell, but it can't be anything nice. Let's just say Adam Silver's much better, and he lets the players (laughs) have fun and makes the game fun, and it's just, it's disappointing to see that. And I swear, I don't hear about it in our games, like... Like, Why do they always call our sideline every game? It doesn't make sense. And like, like Stefan Diggs did the same thing with the Popeye's chicken sandwich cleats. Oh, Everyone's like, that's on awesome. On Twitter every week there's a different player with a different but design on his cleats. I do think most of them wear them in warm-ups strictly. Um, but it's really, what's the big deal? I mean, just let the guys, like Char said, let them express themselves. Let them have fun. Let's make the game fun. And like I said, they called on our sideline all the time. They called and put juice in concussion protocol a couple weeks ago. When he's completely fine, he passed it the next day. Like what, I don't know what they're doing. Um, it's starting to seem like they have something out for us in Cleveland, and I hate using that. Um, it just seems it's ridiculous. Um, do we have any other takeaways on Cleatgate? It's really no different than me going to work and noticing that one of my coworkers has different shoes on that day. It's, I don't see what the big deal is. It's pretty absurd in my opinion. I think we're just looking for stuff to get, um, to get on Freddie about. But we're talking about being prepared and how Morgan said we were prepared. We just look... We look awful. Like, I don't understand. We go and dominate at Baltimore, who just dominated New England, and now we just look confused and lost. Like, we don't even look like we know what we're doing. or just, it just confuses me how we look so awful. Do you guys have any, any thoughts on that? Do you think, am I the only one seeing that? We were just like, we look lost and just dysfunctional. Are we just, is that on Freddie? What's, what's going on with that, JB? Well, I think, uh, I think the team has lost confidence in their leaders. I think that uh, Freddie is starting to lose the guys, as much as we hate to say it, and they, they're not confident in what they're doing. They're not going out there and believing in themselves. Um, they don't believe in the schemes, and I think that um, you know when you don't believe in what you're doing, uh, it makes it tough to go out there and do your job effectively because in the back of your head you're thinking, well, this shouldn't be going this way. We should be doing something else. And you're not going to give your all into what the what play is actually being called. If Freddie has lost the locker room or he's beginning to, like you said, we are in big trouble. I hope it hasn't got there. Um, it did worry me when Odell ran to the sidelines so I can't get a ball to save my life. But at the same time, I'm with you, Odell. Um, it's pretty frustrating. I hope we haven't lost the locker room because we have to get hot, and we have to get hot in a hurry. we got to go like what Houston did last year, and we got to rattle off 7-H straight, and we only have 8 left. And I am worried. Char, do you have any takeaways about how we look so bad and confused? I think it's a combination of things. we got 
I think they like to get up for the better teams like Baltimore and New England. Like they seem to play better against good competition. But I think that's a discipline thing. Like you got to make sure like basically any Sunday, like one one game at a time. You can't be looking past like the Broncos aren't a glamorous opponent, but you can't look past them or you'll end up where we're at now. I agree, and that's very sexy. These are not college kids. These aren't high school kids. We shouldn't have to beg them to play football. It's their job. It's their profession. I don't go to work every day. My boss doesn't have to beg me to work. Um, that's, just, that's just really embarrassing. But we'll just, we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about our franchise quarterback, Baker Mayfield. I'm going to start by saying, why will Baker not throw the deep ball? That is what he's been known as. He's been a gunslinger. Dude has a huge arm. The way he throws from like just to the outside hash is unreal. That dude throws darts. His receivers even say it's hard to catch because he throws so hard. But why does he just refuse to throw deep? We saw Odell wide open on that fourth down where he threw the double coverage over the middle to, ju- uh, to Juice. Um, I mean, why do you not think he'll throw deep? Why does he refuse to throw deep, JB? I don't think Baker's as confident as he was last year. I think uh, now that he has a handful of games under his belt, a full, close to a full season and a half's worth, um, teams are watching film and they're figuring out what he likes to do. I think they are uh, making it more difficult on him to read coverages. Um, I think Baker predetermines where he's going to go with the ball uh, right when he gets to the line of scrimmage. If he sees they're playing... Uh, tight coverage out on the corners one-on-one I don't think he likes to throw to that I don't think he's confident throwing it deep when they're playing up tight like that and I think he looks over the middle to the safe play every time all his throws are to the middle of the field short um, he's looking for that uh, safety valve down there um, I don't I think the line doesn't help either he um, he's forced to make those quick quick reads. I don't think he goes through his progression well either, but the line when he drops back and he senses even a little bit of pressure, I think he's trying to go to the first thing he sees that's open. He's not trusting uh, his line to protect him and for the routes to develop deep. He, I mean, he looks shaky to me. He looks skittish in the pocket. And maybe it is because the line struggled early, but honestly, they, they haven't been bad. They have been a lot better. He's got to get calm and He's got to be confident in his accuracy because, to be honest, Baker Mayfield is one of the the most accurate quarterbacks I've ever seen in college football and the half of a year he played last season. He is very accurate, um, but I think he looks shaky. I think he looks like he freaks out in the pocket. We saw it where he tucked one. He was about to actually throw a deep ball to Odell, and he felt a little pressure behind him, and he just t- he tucked it, and he took a sack. Um, does he look shaky or skittish to you at all, Char? Um, yeah, he certainly does recently, and I think it's a development of, yeah, his lack of confidence in his line, and I think, too, maybe his play, because, I mean, there's been a lot more picks than last year. He's, I think he's getting up into his own head a little bit, and maybe isn't as confident as he once was, but we need, that's part of what we need in Baker. We need him to have that supreme confidence, like, that's what you need in the leader of your team, your franchise guy. And honestly, Baker's never seemed to lack confidence, and he still doesn't seem like it. But I think we're all, I think we are all in agreement where he's definitely lacking confidence. And maybe Munkin and Freddie need to get together, and you know, you always have the first 15 plays scripted. Script those. Get get the ball out of his hands quick. Get quick hitters to Odell or Juice, or um, we have Kareem coming back. Find him in the flat. Find Nick. Um, we've got to got to do something for Baker because if we do not get him rolling, this team is going nowhere. He is the heart and soul of this team, and we've got to get him rolling. Um, so this, we have a little bit more insight on Baker. We will go to JB now. I think uh, 
another key part that we're overlooking here is the pressure and expectations that were put on this team coming into this season. Um, even before we uh, got Odell uh, last season, we uh, finished pretty strong and we're thinking that this was going to be the year we take a step forward. And especially after signing Odell, the media circus that came from that, Baker's a big personality, so is Odell. Jarvis is getting up there too. Um, especially a first-year head coach, Freddie, the expectations were, I mean, people were, at the very least, this was probably going to be a playoff team. But I think that uh, everything has gone so wrong that uh, it's going to cause a natural reg uh, regression because everything's falling around behind you and Baker's putting so much pressure on himself to try and lead the team out of the funk that they're in that he is just psyching himself up and making quick reads, not taking his time, letting the game flow. And I think that's going to hurt him until he gets comfortable with what he's doing and realizes that he's not the one that has to do this by himself. And I think until that happens, he's going to keep struggling. Yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, we put a lot of that pressure on ourselves with Baker and Freddie because they like to talk. And Odell, we know he's one of the biggest personalities and figures in professional sports, not just in football, in professional sports. He's very well known. Um, we got to figure that out, though, and just we got to start winning, or else this is just bad. I really want to trust Freddie, and we just got to get these guys back under control, and we got to get rolling. Uh, we brought up Odell a lot, so let's move on to Odell Beckham. Um, five catches, 87 yards. We all saw the, qu the quote. I'm with him. Um, no red zone targets. What? I mean, I don't understand that, but two just awesome catches. And I just don't understand why we don't go to the guy. Um, I just we've got to start feeding him. Char, do you have what do you have to say about Odell? I think he's been getting better. Why why do you think we're not feeding Odell? I think yeah, Odell showed a lot that because I was a little critical of him last week. I think he's done a lot to calm my criticisms now. But now it's like the play calling. We just need to set him up for what he's known for, like run him a fade on the goal line and let him just jump up and make the play. He's one of the best in the biz at it. And I almost think we are running stuff to him sometimes. What do you think, JB? To me, it looks like we've run a few deep shots, and Baker just won't let that thing fly. He's a gunslinger. He's supposed to be like Brett Favre. Just let it fly, Bake. I mean, what are we? we're not going to win. You're just holding it and taking sacks. Trust your line. They've improved. They're trying. I really don't think they're as bad as they were at start. They're getting better week in, week out. Just let that thing fly. What do you, what do you think, uh, JB? Yeah, I think um, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with uh, the troubles that Baker's having. He's... Odell is open like a good amount of the time. Baker's just not getting it to him, and it goes back to the confidence thing. Um, I don't know whether or not anything schematically is going to get Odell more open or try to get the ball to him more. It goes back to Baker, um, but you got to get it to him. He is the playmaker out there. Uh, He's proven time and time again when he gets open, he makes plays. He had a couple drops, but, I mean, that doesn't mean you stop going to the guy. But it's all until Baker gets it in his head that he he's the same guy he was at Oklahoma. He's the same guy he was last year. Uh, he's just got to trust himself. And I wouldn't even mind seeing Baker. I mean, at this point in the year, we're, we're, we're out of things. Let's be real. Um, I want to see Baker go out there and just sling it around. Who cares if he throws 50 interceptions? It's not, I mean, it's not a huge deal. Just try to make plays. Try to get your playmakers to the ball and make something happen. Last year, Baker completed um, a little over 70% of his passes. He started out pretty rough, but these last three weeks, he's up to 63%. That's still 10% down. 
So he's got to keep improving that. He's thrown three touchdowns and four interceptions. Again, that's the last three weeks. Um, I think he's played a little better the last couple weeks. Uh, I think those stats are showing that. Interceptions somewhat going down. He did have three in one game, and that one hurt a lot. But to be fair, a lot of his interceptions bounce off his receiver's hands first, and that's super unfortunate. And speaking of that, okay, first of all, I want to apologize to Antonio Callaway. <laughs> I gave him a lot of crap last week, and he played great. I'll, I'll give it to him. He looked really good. But at the same time, where in the hell is Hollywood Higgins? That was Baker's number one target last year, and we keep talking about confidence with Baker Mayfield. Maybe giving him his favorite target will bring that confidence. To be fair, I'm not at practice every day, so I don't know what Hollywood's doing. But, I mean, I think that boosts his confidence. Um, Char, what do you think? Do you think Hollywood Higgins coming back into the mix would boost his confidence? Like I said, it was his favorite receiver last season. Yeah, he has familiarity with it, and then it's another weapon too. Like if you have a guy that dangerous in the slot, it's going to open things up for Odell and Jarvis as well. And then maybe we can see Odell make more of his plays. I mean, it's never a bad – you can't have too many weapons, I feel like. Never. You can never have too many weapons. And we'll we'll get Kareem back this week too. That'll hopefully open things up, make people respect the run more consistently. It's going to be great to have Kareem give Nick Chubb a few breaks. You can throw him in the slot every now and then. Um, We're going to go over to JB, though. JB, do you think if Hollywood would play, I mean, it'd help Odell. I would even help Baker because they're going to double-team Odell like they have been. And then what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to have Higgins one-on-one. You're going to have Callaway one-on-one. You're going to have Jarvis one-on-one. Ricky, I mean, Kareem. That's a lot of weapons. So why don't we put our best weapons on the field? Well, you're right in saying that having our weapons out there will open up uh, passing lanes for our other guys. But it's just mind-boggling to me. Um, I mean, obviously with Baker's bravado and uh, charisma, he's not going to out really show that his confidence is hurting. Um, but it's clear to everyone that he's afraid to pull the trigger, and I don't get why it's not clear to Freddie that it's known that Hollywood is Baker's favorite target, his security blanket. If you see you're the leader of your team struggling out there as much as he is, why you wouldn't put uh, his security blanket out there with him? It just makes no sense to me, and I, I don't have an answer for it. I know I've gotten a lot of messages on Twitter a lot of people um, in my mentions telling us that they don't understand either. They don't want Hollywood. And I wish Freddie, I mean, I love the guy, I really do, but his press conferences, he won't give us anything. I no. wish he would just be, on, just be honest, just be open, tell us why he's not playing. He's a professional, he's a grown man, just tell us. I hope Hollywood knows. I hope Freddie's good enough just to tell him and personalize not playing, but I really hope we get to see Hollywood Higgins play and play soon and play a lot. All right, so we've been talking a lot about Freddie so far in this podcast, so let's just dive into that. We, Like I said earlier, we just look so bad, but we talked about this last week. I still don't think we can fire the guy. We ran another poll after the game, so it was still a little, I mean, it was a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction, I'm sure, but the poll was completely flipped. This time, 80% of you said we should fire him now, but I do not think we should fire him. Um, JB, what do you think? I mean, we can't fire him, right? we got to let this guy learn. We have to let him try to change, or what are you thinking? No, uh, we absolutely do not fire him um, this year at all. I think I will admit that I am losing a little bit of confidence in him. He appears to be in over his head a bit. Um, However, I do like the guy's attitude, um, his simplicity and what he's about, but I don't know if that necessarily wins you football games in the NFL. A couple of the issues I have with him is – 
is game management, I think, is very suspect. Baker's walking up to the line of scrimmage with like four, three or four seconds left on the play clock. He doesn't have time to make adjustments at all, and he's just going up there. His first read that he locks in on, that's what he's taking, and I think that's on Freddie. He needs to get the troops out there um, ready to go, ready to get up to the line with a lot more time than is left on the play clock by the time they get up there, so they had time to read uh, read the defense and make adjustments from there. Um, I also think he is criminally misusing Nick Chubb. This is uh, something that can't be overstated. Nick Chubb is could be an MVP candidate. Um, he's uh, out there averaging 5.2 yards a carry. 5.2 yards a carry should equate to a winning football team no matter who you are. That is insane. Um, I think they need to go back to more Baker under center, Nick Chubb behind him, so they can turn and hand the ball off so he already has a head of steam coming through the line instead of standing back there in the shotgun where he doesn't have time to build up his speed and he's trying to pick holes going from a stop. If you're uh, under center, turn around handing it off to him, he's plowing through the line, that big old frame that he has. He's plowing through there, and he has time to read the holes as they develop. And... Uh, Again, on third downs, too, they don't want to go to Nick Chubb for some reason. Him and Odell, they don't want to go to Nick. Uh, in key situations, when he is your workhorse, he is the guy that's going to, right now, with everything that's going wrong with the Browns, that's the one guy that can win you football games if you ride him. I agree, and Nick has been awesome. Um, somebody just pull his stats up for me while I just say a little bit of something about Nick. I think Freddie made a good point, we, and I think JB did, too. We do need to go to him in key situations. Um, I know he went to the QB sneak on that fourth and short with Baker, and I'm just going to say he got it. That was bogus. He did get it. And I think Freddie made a good point about that, though. I don't always like a handoff on those fourth and shorts because Nick is starting seven yards behind that line. I know he's phenomenal, but we did try it on one play, on a short yardage play, and he got stuffed. So that's interesting. Um, I don't think it's all play calling. I think a lot of it's execution um, on both the staff and the players. I, I think it's on both of them. I think we both they, both of those guys have got to figure it out. they got to work together. We've got to get stuff rolling. I think it's a lot of execution, not all play calling. Char, what do you think? I think, yeah, firing Kitchens right now would be certainly an impulse move. We'd have to learn the ropes with new guys again, and that seems to be maybe we're, like, gradually learning and, like, improving concepts here and there. Like, the line, they've improved. They were problematic at the beginning of the season. The penalties and turnovers looked a lot better. Baker's getting a lot better completion percentage. We just needed him to get to go deep, play for the win, and probably the one thing I'd do is play play maybe more aggressively on fourth down because I think more often than not those will pay off for you. I agree. Freddie, that was something we all loved about him. He was aggressive, and maybe he just lost that because he's scared. But, dude, you can't be scared. This is your first shot. you got to go win football games. Uh, I think JB has our stats now for Nick Chubb, so let's just give Nick Chubb some more praise. I know we're turning into a praise podcast for him, but the – the man deserves it. He's been phenomenal when the team has not. So, JB, give us those numbers for Nick Chubb. Well, actually, I'm going to give you two two guys' numbers, and I want you to tell me who's who. Uh, guy one, 154 carries, 803 yards, six touchdowns. Guy number two, 177 carries, 894 yards, nine touchdowns. Tell me who's who here. Well, I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. probably has a lower amount of carries, unfortunately. So who is player one? Who's player two? Player number one is the, or actually player number one is our very own Nick Chubb. 
Player number two is the NFL's leading rusher, Dalvin Cook. Notice he has 20 more carries than Nick Chubb and only about 90 more yards. Uh, he's rocking a 5.1 yards per carry average here. Nick Chubb has that 5.2, like we said earlier, um, which is telling me Nick Chubb needs the ball more. That's mm. all, that's I all mean, he does. And unfortunately, I think a lot of reasons is because our offense can't stay on the field. I mean, we will have a good play on first down, holding. All of a sudden, first and 20. We're back. We're behind the chain. We got. We cannot be behind the chains. And like Char said, we've been a lot. We were a lot better last week with the penalties, and we still couldn't win. I don't get it. Now we have, and we have Kareem coming back. Um, finally, we get to see Kareem Hunt, and then that's fresh legs that haven't been playing for eight weeks with, alongside Nick Chubb. They can put them both there, get Nick more carries. I think we just need to pound the ball on the ground going forward. Like I said earlier, put Kareem in the slot. Um, I'm sorry, um, Hilliard, but we got to stop targeting him. I don't understand why we target. Hilliard so much. And that was Nick Chubb. Awesome. He's a great playmaker. Get him in space. But we've got to get Kareem Hunt in space. Kareem is going to be phenomenal for us, I think. He had an awesome season last year. Um, Char, what do you think about Kareem's arrival to Cleveland? Oh, yeah, Kareem. And plus, he's he's a local guy, too. Like, he grew up in the Cleveland area. So I think that'll be great for him support system-wise, maybe keep him out of off-field trouble. But then on the field, you can't argue with the production. The man, he was the rushing champion his rookie year. Then last year he played in only 11 games, but he had over 1,200 scrimmage yards and 14 touchdowns. That's like elite top top five running back production yardage-wise right there. And we have him and Chubb. Like, we're flush with good backs. We are definitely loaded in that backfield. It is a scary sight. We have so much talent on offense. I really hope we start utilizing it um, starting this week. JB, do you have anything else to add to our phenomenal loaded backfield in Cleveland? Coming back is going to be a real bright spot going forward uh, for us. He, he's going to be the real glimmer of hope out there, um, especially after last week. And like we said, we eliminated the turnovers and penalties and still didn't come out on top. So I think Kareem coming back is definitely going to be huge for our offense. It'll open up the passing game more, uh, utilizing him out of the backfield. And I think having a top-tier athlete like Kareem is uh, paired with Chubb as opposed to Hilliard being out there paired with Chubb definitely opens up um, a lot more things that our offense is going to be capable of doing. I think it'll help Baker with his confidence knowing and trusting that you have a good back uh, out there when uh, Nick Chubb's not out there. And But I am interested to see how they're going to use Kareem because he's on a one-year deal. Are they going to, you know, go balls to the wall with him and ride him till he breaks, or are they going to save him and try to move him next year? That's going to be a key question, I think, and something to pay attention to as the year goes on. I agree. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, just another superstar added to this offense. And just to go on your last point, personally, I think we're going to try to keep the guy. I think we're going to use him quite a bit because he is a stud and he's got those fresh legs, like I said earlier. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to see this backfield in action. So we've talked a lot of Browns so far. We are going to transition into our top five games of the week that I selected for us, um, just like we did last week. So the five games I have for us this week is the Detroit Lions at Chicago Bears, Carolina Panthers at the Green Bay Packers, Los Angeles Rams at the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Minnesota Vikings at the Dallas Cowboys, and the Seattle Seahawks at the undefeated um, San Francisco 49ers on Monday night. So we're going to get started with Detroit at Chicago. Once again, we just do these picks straight up, who we think is going to win. But just for 
I'm just talking about what Vegas is thinking. Vegas right now surprisingly has the Chicago Bears as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Char, who do you think will win the matchup of Detroit and Chicago in the Windy City? Oh, Detroit Lions. Got Detroit. Oh, yeah, definitely. Chicago, they they look like that, that offense is just too incompetent. Like, they're a bottom-tier team until further notice, in my opinion. They are awful. That's the only way I can put it. They are so bad. I cannot believe they're a favorite. Maybe they, they Vegas must know something that um, all the sport fans don't. But I don't know. So we have Char going uh, with Detroit. Kurion well, Johnson got hurt for the season, the Lions running back. But, I mean, that doesn't seem like enough to favor the Bears. Not at all. So we have Char with Detroit. Um, JB, who do you have in this matchup? Well, to go on the Kurion Johnson point, the Lions haven't had a running back for my entire life almost. Uh, well, definitely like, older than yeah, when Barry would have retired. Sanders, but, yeah. uh, in my cognitive years, they have not had a running back in – I mean, they've been terrible, but they get by, and that'll be enough against the Bears because they are, like I said last week, I would take anybody but the Jets, Redskins, and Dolphins against the Bears, and I'm holding true to that right now. I'm going with the Lions. They're, even without carry-on, Stafford's enough to get the job done. Even with the Bears' good defense, uh, Mitchell's that bad. All right, so that's two picks for Detroit, and I'll make it a consensus. I am also taking the Lions on the road as a two-and-a-half-point underdog over the Bears. Game two, we have the Carolina Panthers traveling to Green Bay to take on the Packers, who got flat-out embarrassed last week to a lot of people's surprise. JB, who do you have in the Carolina-Green Bay matchup? Um, I think after the embarrassment that the Packers went through last week, I think that they're going to come out looking better than they did, but I still think the Panthers... Uh, the Packers are going to be, I think they're just going to be trying too hard to get back to what they were doing and playing good football, and I think the Panthers are going to sneak this one out. All right, so we have JV taking care of the five-point underdog Carolina Panthers on the road in Lambeau. Straight up. And now we will go over to Char. Char, who do you have in this matchup in Green Bay? This, yeah, it's in, yeah, Lambeau. Rodgers, Rodgers has been looking great last week, accepting. I think he'll be back. Carolina, I'm still not sold on this Carolina team. They have a great defense, but that offense concerns me. I think, I think I'll think i take the pack to cover even, along with straight up. So we are split right now, and I will make it 2-1 to one for Green Bay. I think they're going to roll at home. Um, Carolina does have a good defense, and Christian McCaffrey is a stud. That guy is very good, but I still think Aaron Rodgers and that Green Bay team um, pissed off about last week at home. I think they roll, so I'll take Green Bay. Um, Game three, we have the Los Angeles Rams going into Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Currently, Vegas has the Rams sitting at a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Char, we're going to go back to you. Who do you have in this game at Pittsburgh? All right, so Pittsburgh is on a winning streak now. It's they're they're such an annoying team. Even when it seems like they should be bad, they are somehow five hundred. But the Rams, the Rams, I believe, have covered four of their last five road games. So I think the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams there. Cooper Cup looked amazing last the last couple weeks. I think the Rams. The Rams will take care of business against an inferior opponent. 
The Rams, I have been surprised with some of the games they've dropped and just how they've struggled after last season. They looked McVay in them. This looked awesome. Um, I hope Cooper Cup has a great game for the sake of my fantasy team. So we have one for the Rams. JB, we're going to go over to you. Who do you have in this matchup? Um, yeah, last week the Steelers took on the Colts. And looking at the numbers here, Rudolph was pedestrian. Um, Rams coming off a bye. I think you're crazy if you don't take them. Uh giving Sean McVay a couple weeks to prepare for a uh, Steelers offense that does nothing and a decent defense. Uh, I think that's a recipe for disasters, and the Rams are going to roll. All right, so it's a consensus for the Rams next week, and then our next game will be Sunday Night Football in Dallas, Jerry's World. We have the Vikings and Kirk Cousins rolling into Dallas for the late-night game. Currently, Vegas has Dallas sitting as a three-point favorite. JB, who do you like in this one? I am taking the Cowboys in this one. Uh, they performed pretty well the other night, and their performance inspired me. And again, it's Kirk Cousins. I mean, come on. I told you this last week. I'm a big Kirk Cousins hater. Um, Kirk Cousins on primetime. Yeah, he's what? in primetime. Well, prime okay, yeah, and this prime one's – So that makes it even worse. prime time. Makes it even worse. Uh, and he's on the road again. You know, you, you hear it all the time. Uh, Kirk Cousins can't win in primetime big games on the road. Uh, yeah, there's there's no way the Cowboys don't win this one. All right, so JB goes with Dallas um, at home in Jerry's world over Kirk Cousins, Vikings. Char, who do you have in this matchup? I've, I've got to concur with JB here. I think the Cowboys, they've looked excellent the past. I'm, I'm led to believe that Jets' loss was a fluke. Dak overall... He's he's gotten a lot of hate being polarizing, but he looks like a, he's looked like a solid quarterback. Back last week, he really looked good. He looked like he was in full command of the offense. Didn't make any sloppy reads. Was doing exactly what he was out there to do. It looked good. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think boys big. And once again, we have a consensus pick because I too am going with Dallas. I am a huge fan of Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, there's a good possibility I have a few. Dak Prescott jerseys in my closet. Big fan. I think Dallas rolls again. I think they're getting hot right now. And they're going to win another one. Kirk Cousins, once again, gets embarrassed on prime time. And our last game is Monday Night Football. More iconic duo. <laughs> and our last game is Monday Night Football. The Seattle Seahawks and probably current MVP favorite Russell Wilson roll in to San Francisco to take on Jimmy Garoppolo's 49ers. Um, right now, Vegas has this as a six-and-a-half-point spread in the 49ers' favor. Um, JB, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I went back and forth with my decision here. Um, I really like what the Seahawks are doing out there. I like the way Russell Wilson plays football and the way they approach the game. But the thing that swayed me was this is a, another Monday night football game in San Francisco or wherever they're – Santa Clara, where are they? Yeah, Santa Clara. Wherever is that, and it – brought me back to just a few weeks ago when we were playing there and that totally swayed my decision I think Nick Bosa is going to have a big day and the Niners defense is going to be too much for the Seahawks I think the Niners win this so we have JB taking Garoppolo's 49ers at home on Monday night Char who do you like in this one so to pile on to the Niners case too they also got basically a bye week because they played last Thursday and they're going to be playing Monday now, so I think they basically get like an 11 or 12 day layover. And the Seahawks just went through that the, hell of a game. Yeah, the, the, with Tampa Bay overtime marathon. I, th I feel like Seattle's 
Russell Wilson's been playing amazing, obviously. Their offense is looking great. They're, they got a great front seven. But that secondary, and Jimmy G has actually looked pedestrian this year. I feel like this is a game that can open things up for Jimmy G and their defense. I don't think we'll get totally stopped. I think it's going to be Niners here. All right, so we have two picks for the 49ers, and I am going against my co-host. I am taking the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. I am not betting against that man this season. He is very well, I have, talented. I, mean, well, I bet on him, and it's going sour a few times. He, but. he has been great this season. He is definitely the clear favorite for the MVP. So I take Seattle as a six-and-a-half-point road dog. Also, we usually only do five, but I have a bonus game for us this week, and it's actually a Saturday game. Middle of the day, 3.30, SEC on CBS. LSU travels to Alabama, where Alabama is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. It sounds like, as of today, Saban said two. It looks good for the game. Char, who are you taking? LSU at Alabama in the biggest college football matchup of the season. The game of the century, I believe, for the third, fifth, the, the third game of the century. Yeah. I think this uh, uh, Joe Burrow has looked better than two of this year against better competition. They always have a great secondary. I think I think it's time to see an empire fall. G-A-U-X Tigers. All right. Well, nice. uh, that was that was an interesting uh, approach. But anyways, he's taking uh, the Cookie Monster and LSU over Alabama. Um, JB, who do you like in this matchup? Where where did you say it was? Alabama. It's at Alabama. My head, I want to say LSU based on what I mean. They're going out there and destroying people. So is Alabama. LSU is new. They're new to it. They're not... In a traditional sense, they've been a powerhouse for a while, but they haven't been at the level that they're at in a while. Mm-hmm. So my head is saying LSU, but my heart is saying Alabama at home. They they win. They know how to win. They do it all the time. They just they come up with big wins all the time. And I think the experience that Alabama has is going to carry them to victory. All right. Well. So we are split on this one, and I am rolling with the LSU Tigers and Ohio native Joe Burrow. That guy is a stud, and I think people will be crazy not to take him first in the NFL draft this year. Um, I think I like him more than Tua. Tua is going to be played with injuries his whole career, I think. So I'm taking the road dog again, the LSU Tigers. All right, so those are our six picks for this week. Um, one at one college game in there just because we can't not talk about that game with it being a football podcast. But time to go back to our beloved Browns. Not very beloved right now by a lot, but we will always love them and support them. We've talked a lot of offense the first two episodes of our podcast, so it's time to go and tackle the defense because somebody has to tackle in Cleveland since our team will not. So let's go ahead and start. Defense, so many missed tackles. We can never get a big stop, it feels like. We hardly get pressure on quarterbacks. It's really embarrassing to see how many missed tackles we have. We allowed seven yards per play last week. I just really think we're missing Christian Kirksey um, a lot. I do like Mac Wilson. He is going to be great. Um, Young showed a lot of improvement so far. Speaking of uh, Young, I love Greedy Williams um, at DB. That guy is a stud. Um, LSU tie there, DBU. I think Greedy is going to be a star in this league. We already saw him drawing with Tom Brady. I mean, that's awesome, seeing a young guy just going at Brady like that, and he was phenomenal in coverage. 
So Char, how do you think about this Cleveland defense so far? Um, just what are, what are your takeaways? I think we got we got a talented unit on defense, but the problem has been kind of an overlap recurring theme. Just the discipline, like the going as a team unit isn't consistent. They aren't mastering the fundamentals of tackles. Dumb penalties have been common throughout the season. So, I mean, and then just they've allowed too many big plays to... It's one thing when it's against, like, the likes of the Patriots or, like, someone who consistently has a good offense like that. But when it's against a new quarterback in Denver who basically they shipped off all their playmakers, like, I think Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant, Font, Fanta, Wanta Fanta, were the biggest uh, contributors for that Denver offense. And, I mean, those guys have not shown anything to be or anything than just another guy, and they looked like pro bowlers against Cleveland last week. To me, that's very alarming. I do. I will say that Sutton catch on Denzel, nothing you can do. No, that was a heck a of a catch. Yeah. That's a great He was in perfect position. I think our DBs are awesome. Denzel and Greedy, DBs are that's, that's going to be fun for a long time. I hope Christian comes back next year and is great because I really like that guy. He's a great leader for our team. Um, I just The missed tackles frustrate me. Miles Garrett being silent the last couple of games, I don't understand. I want him to win defensive player of the year so badly, but he's got to step it up. We've got to get pressure on people. Um, JB, what do you think about this Cleveland defense? The defense is weird to me. They Earlier in the year, they looked solid. They looked like they were going to be uh, world beaters. But uh, the last month, they can't get a stop. Um, Aside from this week, where this week where everything just seemed to go wrong, you uh, get them stopped or you, on the fourth down play. For example, you go for it there with the quarterback sneak. You get them down there at the five yard line. Um, their very first play, and this happened on pretty much every change of possession. Their first play, they were banging out just huge chunks of yards. And um, the defense's job, if you get uh, an opponent down there at the five-yard line after a big momentum play where they stopped you, you can't let them keep the momentum and just drive down the field. What was it, like six or seven plays that drive, and they were scoring a touchdown? Yeah, they just continued to have huge plays on us. And what frustrates me is we had to get one stop, one stop to get the ball back and try to win the football game. They line up in the Wildcat with Lindsey, so we know exactly what, He's not going to throw the ball. He's too little to see over the line. And what's he do? He gets like a 20-yard run. They go into the victory formation, and we lose. I just don't understand what's wrong with this defense. What else do you have, JB? Uh, it's chunk plays. It's poor tackling. Uh, the schematic side of it, I, you know, it's up for debate. But I think also the offense isn't helping out the defense as much. Uh, they're putting them in some tough spots. Um, but it's still, as a unit, you gotta, you got to man up. You make a tackle that you're in the NFL you're there to make plays there's no excuse for not making a tackle unless you're out of position which then it's partly on the coaches but you're out there to do a job you do it uh, they're also they're not helping themselves at all they're not getting the turnovers miles is the only one out there getting sacks they're not doing the things a good defense is supposed to do to help your team win I it just amazes me how we can just never force turnovers I, it's it's crazy. We had a couple interceptions on Lamar when he had like the longest streak in the NFL without throwing or turn, throwing interception, turning the ball over, and we were phenomenal then. Um, I mean, how many how many turnovers have we forced this season? Does anybody know? Yes, we have ten. What, uh, 12, 12 turnovers forced. 
so we forced 12 turnovers. It's got we've we've got to force more than that. It seems like we haven't forced one like in a while. Sometimes people will fumble on their own, and but we just we gotta get more pressure. It's embarrassing. We've gotta finish tackles. Scratch that. We have 10 turnovers. I apologize. Only 10. Even worse than um, <laughs> Baker has more than that on his own, unfortunately. Um, so enough enough of this negative talk. Like Freddie said, it starts this week. Let's move on. Um, the Bills, Buffalo Bills, and Josh Allen, not the real Josh Allen of the NFL, roll into Cleveland. Right now, Vegas has Cleveland as a three-point favorite. Um, Bills, like I said, sitting at six and two. Um, great defense. They were hanging with New England until Josh Allen went out of the game. Um, it's got. We've got to start winning. I know last week we said we were going to win, get rolling. I still think we're going to win this week. I'm still being optimistic. I like that three-point spread. I think we're going to pull out a close one. Um, what do you think about this game coming up this weekend in Cleveland, Char? So the Bills, they are in a – I feel like they're a better version, superior version to what the Broncos were. They have a great pass rush, a pretty good secondary. Like they have been, by most metrics, been a top-five defense this year. Their offense – Kind of, uh, Josh Allen, it kind of, they live and die by him. He can he can make plays, but he can also just really just make boneheaded moves, which I think is where our defense can thrive. Like, I think if we can rattle Josh Allen early, I think this can be an easy game. However, if we do that, I want to believe, but I, I want to see some. We've definitely got to pressure um, Josh Allen. I think if we can get pressure on him, he's going to make some uh, some suspect throws, and like we just talked about, our DBs are great. I'm going to call it right now. Greedy Williams gets at least one interception in this game, and I'm going to love it. I love that guy. Like I said, he's going to be a star in this league, and I hope he is wearing the orange and brown for his whole career. Um, JB, what do you think about this upcoming game against the Bills? Well, I you know, I was confident as I'll get out last week, and I, pretty much everything I said was wrong. But uh, I'm still confident again this week against Buffalo. Um, they have a similar style to what we do. As uh, I'd consider Baker pretty much a game manager right now who's still learning, which is what I would categorize Josh Allen as. Buffalo looked uh, like they did against Miami earlier in the year last week. They won, but it wasn't convincing. They have a tendency to let bad teams stick around, and I think that's mostly due to their offense and the young guy they have leaving it because that defense is elite. Great secondary, but they do uh, have a weakness in the run game. I think uh, as much as we've been talking about uh, Nick Chubb getting going, uh, as much as Freddie's heard about it, you would think they would attack that area of the defense this week, and especially with Kareem coming back, too, they have a two-headed monster there to play with. But as long as uh, we can get pressure on Allen and take away their weapons, I think we can pull out a W easily, but that's a big if because we say this. Um, we've talked about it all year before we had the show. Uh, you, you think one thing on paper, it is this. The Browns have a better squad, but when the game, when the game ends, it oftentimes different than how we thought it would play out. Cleveland's going to win this game. I'm just going to say it. We're winning this game. We're going to get hot. We are going to be We're going to be in the playoff conversation at the end. I'm just going to keep, keep uh, being optimistic. We have five division games left. Um, playoffs still possible. What do you think, Char? Can we still make it? Can we um, make the postseason? Well, this game, I'm actually going to go so far and to call this a must-win game 
Oh, they all. Because we have to win every. We have to win. We have to win every game now to get into these playoffs. We have to. We have to do what the Texans did last year: get hot and rattle off eight in a row. It's not unheard of. It's going to be extremely hard, but it's possible. Well, is it? Um, I think we can. We still have theoretically one loss, but if that loss is to the Bills, I think we're done because the Bills are a six and two team. In all likelihood, New England's going to win that division. That's going to be one of those teams we're going to have to pass if we want to get into these playoffs. Yeah, if we lose another game, I, I don't think we're getting in. I, I think we've got we've got to win out. We've got to be nine and seven, eight and eight. eight I told somebody on Twitter this: um, eight and eight, slim chance. Nine and seven, decent chance. I mean, I think you can get in. It's going to be interesting. JB, do you think the playoffs are still a possibility for this Browns team? I think nine and seven gets you into the playoffs. However, I think if you're a Cleveland Browns fan right now and you still think we're going to get into the playoffs after what they have shown us this season, I think you're delusional. As much as I love the Browns and I would, I hope to God they make the playoffs, I, based on what we've seen, I, if you're being realistic, I don't think it's going to happen. And I think what we're playing for now is building for next year, uh, getting Baker more comfortable, getting Freddie more comfortable, and I, I just want to see a good like, what reason some semblance of an offense that I can be like, oh, yeah, that's that's how you play football. But uh, I want to see that. I want to eliminate the mental mistakes, the penalties, which we did a good job of last week, and the turnovers. And I think you build, take that foundation there and you just keep building week in and week out. There can't be slides backwards. But, uh, no, I don't think we're making the playoffs, and I think we are totally playing uh, to build for next year. Well, I'm going to call my shot. We're going to the playoffs we got five division games left, two against the Bengals, two against the Steelers, one against Baltimore, who we already dominated. Um, we're going to sweep them. We're going we're gonna to win all those games. We're going to get into this playoffs. I'm, I'm just going to keep being optimistic. If we lose this week, we'll see how the show goes next week. Um, we'll talk about it then. I just um, I think that we're going to have a great showing on offense. I know I said it last week, but I think it's going to happen this week. We got very close. Now we had Kareem. I think Kareem, Nick Chubb, run wild. We're going to hit Odell. We're finally going to hit that deep ball. Baker's going to take a shot. He's going to hit Odell. It's going to be a touchdown. Cleveland's going to win. I'm going to say we win 27-13, two scores. Look pretty solid. Get some pressure on Josh Allen. My game MVP is going to be one Nick Chubb since he has been the glue guy all year. Char, give me your prediction for this week and your game MVP. Well, my pregame prediction with Buffalo visiting, great tailgate this weekend weather at kickoff 50 degrees and partially cloudy should be a great time for those of you going to the game and i think we're gonna have it's gonna be some good gritty football that buffalo defense i don't see this as the week of our offense necessarily going off they'll do enough to get by i'm think i'm thinking 13 10 brownies and my mvp i'm going with kareem hunt I think Kareem Hunt takes a reception to the house this week. How awesome would that be? I think first energy will be rocking if that happens. I think we all want to see that guy play well. Um, so once again, picking Cleveland to win. I like that. We need it really bad. JB, who do you have? Yeah, I agree with Char here. I don't think this is going to be the week that our offense necessarily puts its best foot forward and uh, dominates the game like we think they should week in and week out. Um, Buffalo just has too good of a defense. I think if Nick Chubb gets going, then uh, things might be a little different, but uh, that's going to be tough. I think uh, 
The score will end up being 20-17 to 17 in favor of the Browns. I think we will win. I think it'll be close throughout. Uh, the offenses will struggle to move the ball down the field. It'll be a punt fest. I think we get... Our scores are going to be four field goals. We're going to be down oh. 17 to 9 from three field goals going into there's like 5 minutes left in the fourth. Baker's going to lead the team down the field. Chubb might break off a big one. We score, go for two, get to 17. Uh get the ball back after a big stop with a few minutes left and Cybert, the man's been money all year. Cybert's going to hit the game winner. 20 to call, 17. Calling even the game flow narrative. So we have one, we have JB going 2017 Browns. Char going 13-10 Browns, and myself saying 27-13 Browns. So we all think the Browns will get a win. Um, we really need it, and I just hope, I really hope they get it moving and get it rolling. I'm excited to see Kareem. So we'll just have to check it out Sunday, first energy stadium, get rowdy, um, go get that good pregame in. And that is all our Browns talk today. We're going to move on to our locks of the week for all the degenerate gamblers out there. Um, we each have three picks. I will start us off. My first pick, I am taking Danny Dimes and the New York Giants at minus two and a half against the Jets. Sam Darnold is going to see ghosts yet again and struggle, and the Giants definitely cover that two and a half point spread. Char, what is your first pick? All right, my first lock, and I hate doing this because it's a division rival, but with the spread, Baltimore. The consolation is the lock is against a division rival. The Cincinnati Bengals, Baltimore Ravens, I just do not see with Dalton getting benched and their new starter. They may work A.J. Green in. I'm seeing maybe a snap count. I think Baltimore 10 points is a very generous line. Baltimore is going to run it, run it, and run it down their throats, and it is not going to be close. At least two touchdowns. I agree. I actually got that line this morning um, on DraftKings, Baltimore, minus 9.5, so I took that too. That's also one of my locks going into Cincinnati. They are awful, and they want Joe Burrow. I mean, he's a homegrown kid. They want him. Um, JB, what's your first pick? Uh, my first lock of the week here is uh, one that I had earlier, actually. It's going to be the Lions. They're getting 2.5 points against the Bears. I don't know if the Lions moved since then. Uh, that is what I saw it at so right yeah. before we started recording, 2.5. Uh yeah, that's. It. I would take them favored probably even, uh, but if you're giving them points, that's easy money against that, the Bears. So even maybe teaser that spread. Yeah. I I also I picked up the Lions as well today, uh, plus two and a half at Chicago. I think Chicago's terrible, so I think that's a great pick. Um, I also had the Baltimore game, like Char had said, and then another one that I think a lot of people are thinking is crazy, but I'm taking it. Seattle plus six and a half at. San Fran. I think if they lose, it's going to be a tight game still, like a field goal. So I think they definitely cover that. I honestly like them straight up as well. So Seattle's my last lock. Char, what's your next one? All right, my next lock is actually going to be Arizona and Tampa Bay. We're not picking a team, though. The over is at 52 points. These are two teams that play extremely up-tempo. They like to score. But like the Cardinals game last week, or the Bucks against the Seahawks last week was 40 to 34. The Cardinals, who did the Cardinals play? I don't remember off the top of my head, but the Cardinals are games. They consistently go into the high 20s at least, win or lose. I, I, I see this game as at 52 points is a 
great value because I see this one going at least 60. So if I have a full touchdown for margin of error on my thought, I, I like it. Found that for you. The Cardinals played the 49ers last week. Oh, yeah, and it was 28-25. So, I mean, yeah, they that scored some, 25 points on a Niners defense. That was primetime football, and they had their chances to win, actually. I'm a big Kyler Murray fan, another Oklahoma guy, Heisman winner, just like our very own Baker Mayfield. J- JB, what is your next pick? Uh, my second lock here is going to be the Chiefs at minus 5.5 against the Titans. It's a 1 o'clock game. Uh not sure on the status of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, some reports that he could play. Is that what we're hearing? Yeah, it looks like it's up in the air. Um, I honestly, if I was him, I would not rush him back. That's just yeah, scary for his career. That's a guy that's, that you want long-term in your organization. But, yeah, especially against the Titans, I think they handle uh, they handle this game either way, regardless of who's playing. I agree. The Chiefs are tough. I mean, honestly, Andy Reid, is, he's a great coach. We like to make fun of him, obviously. Um, his figure a little bit. I'll leave it at that. Char, um, I already got all my picks out since we had some similar ones. Char, do you have your last pick? Yeah, my last pick in this one, I have bet heavily against them last week. A lot of my bets over the course of this year, I thought Oakland was going to be an absolute train wreck from on paper and hard knocks. I'm finally, I'm coming around. I think they're actually a decent team. Josh Jacobs has looked great. They have a sneaky good defense. And the Chargers, despite what they just did against the Packers, I think they're due for a hangover going into the black hole. I'm going to pick Oakland, and that game is currently at a pick from what I've seen. So I, I like Oakland there to win on Thursday. All right, rolling with Gruden and the Raiders. JB, give us your last pick for the week. Yeah, my last pick is actually going to be played on Saturday as well. Um, uh, keep in mind we are a football podcast that focuses on the Browns. So uh, I think Penn State uh, minus seven is going to take care of business against Minnesota. I think Minnesota is the biggest pretender in the Big Ten. They play in that weak division. Uh, haven't really played anybody yet, and I think Penn State is just its going to be an embarrassing game for Minnesota, and they're going to get exposed for who they are. I am extremely excited to watch that game. I I love Saturday football. That game will be very fun to see if P.J. Fleck can keep rowing that boat or not. I personally side with J.B. I think Penn State will cover that spread. Easily. Keep your eyes on that one, folks. Um, So that is our show for you this week. I hope you enjoyed. Check us out again next week. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. Give us a follow on Twitter, at BelievelandPod. Let's hope the Browns can get rolling this week. Once again, if you don't wear orange or brown, you do not matter. Go Brownies.